Good morning. Good morning. The Lord be with you. We gather here this morning to praise God, to give Him thanks for this life, even during this very difficult time, when many lives have been lost, many families, especially in Italy, China, Iran, in Canada, are suffering. Still, we have an opportunity for a few minutes to come to the house of the Lord and to praise Him, to give Him thanks, and also to pray that the medical institutions, pharmaceutical companies, they will be able to discover, if not the medication, but also vaccination, help the economy of our country, and help the families, especially the families that will be hit hurt because of loss of job. As we begin, we begin in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We sing hymn number 42 from Joy Book. Number 42. Jesus keep me near the cross.
one reading this morning will be Psalm 142. And as usual, though there are a few of us, we will do this uh, responsibly. It's on page 620 in your pew Bible. Psalm 142. I cry aloud to the Lord. I pour out my complaint before him. Before him I tell all my trouble. When my spirit grows faint within me, it is you who know my way. In the path where I walk, men consider for me. Look to my right and see no one is concerned for me. I have no refuge. No one cares for my life. I cry to you, Lord. I say, you are my refuge. My portion in the land of the living. Listen to my cry, for I am in desperate need. Rescue me from those who pursue me, for they are too strong for me. Set me free from my prison that I may praise your name. Then the righteous will gather about me because of your goodness to me. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Gospel is taken from the book of John, the Gospel according to St. John, the ninth chapter. The Gospel according to St. John, the ninth chapter. As he went along, he saw a man blind from death. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said this, his feet on the ground made some mud with the saliva and put on the man's eye. Go, he told him. Wash in the pool of Siloam, means sense. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. His neighbor and those who had formerly seen him begging, asking, isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claim that he, he was. Others said, no, he only looked looks like him but he himself insisted i am the man how then were you your eyes open they demanded he replied the man they called jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes he told me to go to Siloam and wash so i went and washed and then i could see where is this man? They asked him. I told you, 
I don't know, he said. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. Now the day on which Jesus had met the man, the mud and opened the man's eye was a Sabbath. Therefore the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes. The man replied, and I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees say, this man is not from God, for he doesn't know to keep the Sabbath. But others say, how can a sinner do such miraculous signs? So they were divided. Finally, they turned again to the man, to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. The man replied, he is a prophet. The Jews still did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they sent for the man's parents. Is this your son? They asked him. Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it that now he can see? We know he is our son. The parents answered. And we know he was born blind. But how can he see now? Or who opened his eyes? We don't know. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents say this because they were afraid of the Jews. For already the Jews had decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Christ will be put out of the synagogue. That was why his parents said, he is of age, ask him. As a second time, they summoned the man who had been blind, give glory to God. They said, we know this man is a sinner. He replied, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. Amen? Please be seated. Every one of us has a story. Every one of us, we have a story. In John, Jesus tells a story, a long story, and a detail about a true children. Who went to him. A disciple who went to him. We have seen that John's gospel contained a number of personal one-on-one -on -one encounter with Jesus. Last Sunday, the woman and so many other occasions where Jesus met one person and that one person did a lot of work after they encounter Jesus. As I said last Sunday, you cannot meet Jesus and remain the same. You can't. As long as Jesus said, it is a day we must do the work of him who sent me. Jesus said, night is coming when no one 
can work. Right? While I am in the world, I am the light of the world, Jesus says. Jesus and disciples are walking along when they encounter a man born blind. And of course, they likely don't know he will be born blind just by looking at him. But John is telling, they ask Jesus, who sinned? This man or his parents? Because there was a relationship between pain, suffering, and sin. So they say, if you are going through some kind of problems in your life, then you are a sinner. The disciple asked a question that reflected a narrow theology of God's justice. The assumption here is that if people suffer, they, then they must have done something bad to deserve it. Let's go back to what, where we are today. Let's go back to the real situation in the world today. The coronavirus. Is it really a time to point finger? Or is it a time to come together as a Christian and pray? And ask God to help us. To ask God to help us to cross this river. Because the water are raging. In the case of a man born blind, it had to be someone done. They believed that the man was born blind and he was blind. But Jesus said, don't go there. Don't go there. Don't get the idea. Where did you get this idea? That it is, it is, it is sin that makes him blind. Don't go there. We see this is a consistent the case in the Bible. If you go to Genesis chapter 50, Joseph had been sold into slavery, falsely accused by his master's wife, thrown into prison, and left there to rot. From that pos position, he rose to become Pharaoh's right-hand man. Later, when he confronted his brothers, who had sold him into slavery, he had the perspective to say in verse 20, and this is what Joseph said. You intended it to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Amen? Amen. As it was with Joseph, so it is with this man born blind. God is powerful enough to take this present suffering that may last several years and use it as a fodder to create a greater blessing. It is only the perspective of many years that allow us to see the soul of God working that out. Friends, brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ and those who will be watching this video online, everyone has their unique story of God working in our lives. Second, 
at this present moment, we don't know the complete story of what God is doing in our lives. We don't know. Third, we will encounter opposition as we tell the story of what God is doing in our lives. Finally, we will grow spiritually as we tell the story of what God is doing in our lives. Yes, we will. Just like this man, each of us who claim the name of Jesus Christ has a unique and personal story. I don't know your story, but I have my story. It is a story about how God, or maybe bad story. That story is one of your greatest gift. Maybe. You may say, but I was raised in the church. I don't have a dramatic testimony. It doesn't matter. But nothing exciting has happened to me. It doesn't matter. Your story is the story of Jesus working inside of you. And that makes it important and exciting. Amen? Amen. You may say, but I don't have much to offer. Or I am nobody special. And I say, yes, you too. Jesus thought you are special enough to die for us. And to dwell in our in us with his Holy Spirit. You can tell me that if the creator of the universe values so much that you have not significant, or your story has no significance, perhaps you haven't been told that you are not good enough. Perhaps your employer thinks you don't have potential. Perhaps your parents told you you will never amount too much. Well, hear me on this. Your story is important. Christ approached this man in a unique way, and he approached you in a unique way. And only you can share with us what Jesus has done and is doing in your life right now. Friends, Let's finish with this. Your story is a unique and worth listening. In the hymn that we have in front of us this morning, 600, 706 and 99. 699. Can I have the book, please? 699. I'm going to read the words. Blessed assures, assurance, Jesus is mine. Or what a foretest of glory divine. Hail salvation, purchase of, of God. Born of the Spirit, wash in his blood. And then the author said, this is my story. This is my song. My question to you, my question to us, my question to me, what is my story? Your story is not completely and is always developing. You may encounter opposition when you tell your story, but don't worry, God is drawing you ever closer to him 
each time you tell it. What is your story? Your whole life is God's handwork. What is your story? As you look back, do you see God's hand shaping your life? Go and share it as often as possible. Go and share your story. And maybe your story will change somebody's life. Maybe your story will give someone hope. Maybe your story will change someone's perspective about love. Maybe your story will change someone about salvation. Maybe your story will change someone who doesn't believe in God. Maybe your story will bring peace into someone's life. Go and share it. Go and sing the song. Amen. Shall we sing together now 699 from with one voice 699